0: This is the Next Trip Podcast with Aviation Insiders Doug and Drew. Together, with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other avgeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own.
1: Good day and welcome to Boarding Pass 90, operating on August 16th, 2021. This is Doug and I'm here with my fellow industry insider, Drew. We're two avgeeks creating a network for airline, airplane, airport, and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Drew, kids are beginning to go back to school around the country and that means travel or families aren't traveling quite as much as they were during the summer. Is that helping your craziness at work?
0: <laughs> it is. It, you can already feel it because people are starting to come home and the, the loads are still very heavy, but you can see it drop off a little bit. We're, at, we're not at the crazy 95, 98% mm-hmm. load factors, Yeah, but the weather is still bad. And it's amazing, Doug, because it's not just the load factors. When kids start going to school, my partner is a school teacher. Robbie yeah. a school teacher. Has he started yet? No. So he's yeah. going to start later in the month. Okay. But it's almost like clockwork. When he starts going to work, I have the house to myself. The weather gets nicer. Yeah, <laughs> Work gets easier. It's almost like overnight. So in the next two weeks, everyone who works for the airlines knows this. We're going to go from crazy ripping our hair out, diversions, all this stuff, back to You know, this is how it goes in the airlines and people that work for it will agree with me and you will too. Eventually you wouldn't wish this job upon anyone. Like the week I've had this week, you wouldn't wish this job upon your (laughs) worst enemy. But then in September and October, you're like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But then November and December, it gets back to even more craziness.
0: Yeah. But we love it because it's crazy, but we know it's going to be over soon. You know, yeah. the summer and then the winter. Yeah. So just real quick, just staying on that theme. It was uh, Diversion City this week on the mm-hmm. East Coast. So my first work day, we had seven diversions. It went great. All of them left. Great job. Everyone's high-fiving. And then yesterday was the day that all the other stations helped me out for a change. Yeah. <laughs> so but we had 17, 17 I've, inbound diversions. <laughs> I got
1: impacted by your weather yesterday.
0: Oh, really? How? Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. What, yeah. So, hang on, guys, because I we just decided to jump into this episode. I, I'm so disoriented about what Doug is doing and where he is, and yeah, so the airline weekend. <laughs> <like. laughs> so, yeah, you're going to tell me how my weather on the East Coast affected you because it's all related. But anyway, so yesterday, 17 diversions, Doug, away from Dulles. So I'm yeah. like, wow, like the whole company is helping my station because. Mm-hmm. Our ramp was open and closed, open and closed five times between three forty-five and six fifteen. Yeah, I, I got it out was the, ridiculous. I got out of the
1: sim and had a screenshot from you of the weather radar, <laughs> and it was just red. I mean, you, you couldn't see you couldn't see <laughs> <Right>. ground anywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we also had two international inbound diversions. Uh, one of them went to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That flight, you know, that, I, I don't. Want, give too many details but that flight was international and the crews don't have a lot of legality time yeah so they actually timed out and this is this is where we make the big bucks we sent a crew from my station to pittsburgh to to pick up the wow new flight attendants Mm -hmm. new pilots and we got those people home last night yeah it was amazing this is all departments all right how do we rescue that was high priority it's international these people have already been flying for seven hours Got them home. Um, I did not stay for that, but as I was leaving the airport, I saw that plane. I saw that seven eight seven glide in, and it's a really good feeling to know, nice. even after all that craziness, these people are getting home.
1: Yeah, Drew, that's going to be me—the the, the career that has to go rescue the planes because I'm going to be sitting on reserve for m- forever for for a very long time, which means mm-hmm. I'll just be sitting around either at the airport or at home waiting for that phone call to say, "Hey, we just had a crew timeout." or something like that like we had a plane get stuck somewhere get to the airport you're going to go here you're going to pick up that plane so I, i'm almost positive that was a, a reserve crew that got called to do that no no, it, so it wasn't. wasn't oh so they they picked <laughs> so, off
0: a yes, terminating oh so okay. you could be so that crew that could have been you you're coming to work thinking you're going to San francisco got it no yeah. you're going to pittsburgh round trip <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, then, okay, so then the reserve crew is the one who's going to San Francisco, because, right. you know, you can see how that ball would roll. Yeah. And, and why they, the, why they have people the priority, sitting on reserve.
0: Yeah, these, the priority is these 200 people that are stuck in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Now, sorry to the San Francisco people, but we are going to get you out, give us some time. But this mm-hmm. crew, you're drafted for something more urgent right now. Yeah. And every, I think... Any normal person would understand. Yeah, that's what they have to do. Yeah, you don't want people you know, spending the night in an airport in Pittsburgh. Our airline doesn't have a hub in Pittsburgh, so resources are limited. Yeah, They don't have a big customs facility in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. so a whole lot of issues. So let's just get those people home, which we did, which was yeah. awesome. Um, I got to tell you one more little story at work, which is not... <laughs> This is one of these calls. So I had a lull this Wednesday with the diversions. It was a crazy shift, right? And mm-hmm. I get a call from this lady. And I tell you, I get crazy calls at my desk because people can't figure out who to route these people to. And it goes to the shift manager. I get a <laughs> call. Right in all this busyness, she's like, hey, how do I move my miles to your airline? And <laughs> I'm like, Okay how do I be caring? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I could very easily transfer this person to the 1-800 number right now. <laughs> but I'm like, all right, I got a moment. All right, tell me what tell me what your situation is. So she has like one of these credit cards, not an yeah. airline credit card. So I told her, all right, so what you want to do is move all your miles to my airline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, And I said, I'm not even joking, just move it to my airline because the miles won't expire mm-hmm. and if you live in the dc area we can take you non-stop anywhere yeah so um I, took about how did it home. how did it get routed to you and and not because like the, traveler's the- aid at the airport gets a call or someone calls you know the airport authority mm-hmm. and they're like oh this is a question about you know for an airline blank airline yeah but so then they just send it to all right let's see who's the number all right shift manager boom yeah <laughs> <laughs> But you know, even that—that was—that was a positive because she wants to know what to do, and I'm hopefully we have uh, another loyal customer if she does move everything to my airline.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you know, just take that sound, five minutes. Did she sound older, younger? Like, could you no. guess an age? No,
0: no, she sounded like um, my age, like maybe late middle middle age, middle. Okay. Yeah, she sounded yeah. pretty astute, but it's just probably someone who has a lot of miles, doesn't travel a lot, and she just that's, needs some
1: guidance. That's where I was going. I mean, she probably doesn't travel a lot, but the fact that she's looking to move miles to an airline, that's that's a good sign. I yeah. feel like.
0: Well, and it's funny because my, uh, you know, the guys I work with, they're overhearing this, and they're like, "What?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah." They're waiting and, for you to get off the uh, phone so you can tell the story,
0: right? <laughs> 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 well, they're waiting for me to transfer her, and I'm like. Looking at them is like, I'm like this. I'm yeah. throwing my hands up, yeah. but I'm being professional and I'm gaining a customer. Hopefully.
1: That's so, so funny.
0: No, I mean, what have what we talked about? You know, whether you're a pilot, whether you're a shift manager like me, we are all customer service. So. I, hope,
1: I helped someone find the train in Denver last night. There you go. And I, I'm not, I wasn't in uniform. I was just wearing mm-hmm. business casual. Someone People. looked lost and I walked up to them and said, can I help you? And they said, yeah, I'm looking for the train said well you went really far in the wrong direction you have to turn Mm -hmm. around and go about three different moving walkways down to the Mm -hmm. center and then make a left or right and go down that i said just keep going that way there are signs you'll eventually go left or right and you'll find it
0: you're a pilot i'm an op so we kind of get the fun part of customer service Mm -hmm. like when it gets too involved we're like "I, i i don't know yeah so I'll have that in the airport a lot where people are confused, their flights canceled or delayed. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And, you know, I always have the app on my phone so I can mm-hmm. tell them real quick what their options are. Mm-hmm. But the moment it gets too complicated and it shows that all the flights are late, it's like, oh, okay, all right, let me walk you to the customer service center. Yeah, they'll take it. They'll take. Care <laughs> That's of all I can do.
1: Yeah, I do have a shout out. So we've talked about how I'm from Dubuque, Iowa, like a, a year ago as they were looking at cutting flights before the carrier's funding started to to come out american announced that they were going to drop flights to my hometown we i know we talked about that i think it was like august or september of last year small little airport two flights a day to chicago drew have you seen the movie field of dreams the baseball Um, movie if you build it if you build it they will come that was filmed about 20 miles west west of dubuque i grew Uh up going to that field playing baseball in that field with family all that kind of stuff Major League Baseball played a Major League Baseball game there this week Mm -hmm. at at the Field of Dreams movie site, Chicago White Sox against New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. What that means is they had to fly into Dubuque to get on a bus to go to the game. So there was a Delta 757 that flew one of the teams from Kansas City to Dubuque. There was a United A320 that flew one of the teams from Minneapolis to Dubuque. The Delta flight stayed on the ground. The United flight went to Chicago and then went back out into the system. They yeah. flew another United A320 from Chicago to Dubuque that evening to then fly the team out. Uh-huh. So in the, in the course of that day, there were three mainline flights. I mean, <laughs> Big quote, time. quote unquote, mainline, there were charters, flights yeah. into Dubuque. And I sent you a picture. One of the runways was closed because there were so many business jets that flew in All for, these, the, event. Uh, for the event, all the executives, all the... The people from Major League Baseball, the commentators, the people, you know, the um, the media, everyone covering it. So it was just really cool to see that my, you know, my little hometown for one day was mm-hmm. was in the spotlight. But yeah. then there's there's an aviation angle to it, which mm-hmm. which is really cool to see.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we you live uh, in the Bay Area, and you're gonna be you've been flying out of major airports like the past few weeks, right? And so mm-hmm. have I. I work at a major airport. It's no big deal. You know, these planes, but when you're at a small airport and I get it, I worked at a tiny airport and it was like made my day to see that um, the, 146 the 146 come in. Come
1: in. Yep, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's
0: exciting. You know, I really hope they get main, mainline service again. And Dubuque, Dubuque, they have a really nice airport for it. Mm-hmm. Right how many gates do they
1: have? Right now, they, they only have one. They just built a brand new terminal. They, they got FAA, some sort of grant money, built this beautiful terminal a couple of years ago. There's one jetway but they have the ability to add another two i mean it's it's a very small market but eastern no not eastern ozark used to fly dc9s there um, i mean mm-hmm. when i moved there three carriers northwest american delta or uh, northwest american united served it and there were like 20 flights a day to minneapolis and chicago wow. for a while american was looking at adding dallas but the, uh, unfortunately, I mean, the pilot shortage heading into the future, I think, is really going to impact that.
0: Well, you know, if you build it, they will come. They have a beautiful airport, so it's ready when mm-hmm. the airlines are ready to launch. And I, hopefully, we'll, we're reaching a stage where that will be possible again. Mm-hmm. You're in some hotel room, you're definitely not in Studio C, which yeah. is, does that stand for <laughs> the, closet? The, yeah, the Avgi closet. <laughs> the yeah, AVG closet. <laughs> I am so confused. Like we we talked during the week about things that you're doing, and I know you were taking a crazy trip to uh, someplace. Tell us where you are. Yeah, I'm. Where am I?
1: That's a great question. I feel like we're talking about the Myrtle Beach thing again. <laughs> like, okay, where where am yeah. I? I'm in Houston right now. I, I started my Sims this week on uh, Thursday and Friday. I had my first two Sims, Drew. I it, it's awesome, but it it is so overwhelming at the same time. Yeah, I, it
0: looks like it.
1: I, I I know we explained that yes, I'm a pilot. Yes, I know how to fly. But going to a different airplane is a whole different beast. And we compared it to going from like a Mac to a PC or a PC to a Mac. We need mm-hmm. to get. We need to figure out another analogy for it. It is so much harder than that. And I haven't learned a new airplane in ten years. The last yeah. time I learned a new airplane was when I went to the DC10 after pilot training.
0: Well, I can't believe that you're going from a DC10 right? Mm-hmm. With a lot of dials and switches and all kinds of things to a next generation 737. And it's still complicated. That's what makes it difficult is learning, learning all of the automation,
1: because I'm, I'm coming from an airplane that has autopilot and auto throttles and mm-hmm. like one navigation mode. Okay. The 737 has, there are like three or four different ways that you can climb and descend different buttons that you can hit that lead to different okay. modes of climbing and and
0: and for fuel efficiency or
1: for, for that or, or, or just redundancy, whatever it is. And so it, it's just such a, an overwhelming training right now that I was like, you know, I, I finished my jump seat rides last week and we talked about it and I was like, I need another jump seat and I'd like to see the max. Mm-hmm. So I, I got out of my SIM yesterday. I was able to, to list for a jump seat on a flight and I was like, all right, where can I go? Found a max to Houston so I jump seated to Houston. Oh, okay. So that way I could see <laughs> I, I could see what was going on after having been in the sim cuz I did my jump seats before I started the Sims. Okay. Well, now that I've been in the Sims and I'm my mind is going crazy like okay what what do all these things do? I was like yeah. I, I want to go jump seat again so I can see it.
0: Is the max very similar to the 800?
1: It, it, Yeah, yes. Uh the difference so the 800 and the 900 have six screens two main navigation and and flight display screens and then the engine instruments are on two screens in the middle the max only has four they're like much bigger screens and then the engines Mm -hmm. are just overlaid on those screens so because of that the the switches are in a, a slightly different position but for the most part no boeing did a really good job of making it look almost exactly like the previous generation
0: cockpit Did it fly any different from uh, the next generation? No, not, not really. Mm -mm. Hmm. No. Oh, and wait, we gotta we gotta rewind. You you flew a seven thirty seven eight hundred. What I did, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had my first landing yesterday. Uh huh. I, yeah, I, New I Orleans actually, to Houston. You said uh, Houston to New Orleans. Yeah, okay. I, I flew flew the whole leg from gate to gate. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, but again, it was overwhelming because it's like, hey, here's all the stuff that I don't know that I need to study that that I need to prepare yeah. for.
0: So you said it was sporty was the word you used. So compared to the ten, it can. Uh... It's more agile. Yeah, it, it almost, in a way, felt heavier, I would say, than, than okay. the 10.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I don't remember who it was who was asking us if the 737 was going to be an easier airplane to fly because mm-hmm. the DC-10 is a, a heavy airplane. Most yeah. most manufacturers manufacture the planes to feel the same way, and most of the feel is computer-driven anyways. You're not actually feeling the airplane it's just a bunch of springs and pulleys and weights that make you feel like you're feeling the airplane.
0: So that is, that's interesting to me because when I'm on a wide body as a passenger, mm-hmm. it definitely feels heavier, so yeah. to speak. Like it mm-hmm. feels like the turns are more gradual, it's smoother, yeah. but you're actually saying the 737 felt heavier in the in the flight deck. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it, at least, it. I, I mean, at least in the sim, I, I haven't flown the the real
0: airplane yet, but the sim is usually pretty close to it. Okay. Now, an important question for you, and I may have asked you that in text, but you know the wide bodies, especially the ten, they have a nice flare on landing where they mm-hmm. slow it seems like they slow down. They're almost hovering yeah. as they touch down. the seven thirty seven eight hundred is long, right? Con, con proportionally. yeah, and my understanding is they have to land without too much of a flare to avoid a tail strike, and the landing is more abrupt. what were What was your experience? Yeah, it's funny
1: because my sim partner is a previous seven forty seven guy. So the two of us in there yesterday, DC 10, 747, and on short finals, like a mile final, I out loud was saying, um, don't flare like a heavy. Don't flare like mm. a heavy. Don't <laughs> flare like a heavy. And my sim partner, uh-huh. the, the sim operator, just started laughing. And I was saying that like the entire way through the flare. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you you consciously have to think about it. You can't flare too high. and yeah. And you're coming in fast. I mean, the 737 actually is pretty... Pretty fast approach speeds, right? And that's that's for the tail strike to avoid the tail strike,
0: right? So for the listeners, this is why I don't want to say it's a bad landing, but when you're on a seven thirty-seven, it is going to be a quick landing. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a slow yeah. flare like a wide body. That,
1: that doesn't mean that the, it'll slam on on the the runway. It, no. it just means that it it almost feels like, whoa we're descending really fast. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be a, a rough landing, and then you you flare, and it, it's not, but yeah it, yeah, it definitely definitely lands differently than any other airplane that I've flown previously.
0: Wow, so cool! Yeah. All right, now do you want to tell us where you are?
1: Yeah, yeah so I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in Houston. I jump seated to Houston, but I want to talk about that the flight last night and how mm-hmm. your weather issues on the East okay. Coast affected my my flight uh, the the inbound airplane. I was supposed to leave at like eight o'clock, I think. The inbound airplane from Tampa was delayed because of weather. I think they had a ramp closure in Tampa. So they yeah, they sure. departed, they departed two hours late. So my flight already posted a, a two-hour delay. We boarded, got on the airplane, and we were just sitting there. And the flight attendant said, ladies and gentlemen, we're really sorry uh, that we're that we're just sitting here. We have a crew that was replaced for this flight. So I think the the crew that was originally supposed to fly it probably timed out or something and they didn't have anyone on reserve. Yeah, they'd maybe used them or they were saving them for another flight. So they pulled crew coming in from Dulles, but they oh, weren't, wow. but they weren't on the ground yet. Hmm. Once the, the crew finally got there, we, we ended up leaving about an hour later than the already two hour delay. So we left about three hours late. The crew was really good. The, the flight attendants were really good just about talking to the passengers, saying, hey, here, here's what's going on. The captain got on and stood up at the front and and spoke to everyone in the back and just said, hey, we're really sorry we were at Dulles and it was closed because of mm-hmm. thunderstorms. And I was just right. laughing. I was like, I knew that because I got out of the city. You were getting
0: the real time. Yeah. Yeah. You can so, show people here. This is what it looks like.
1: Exactly. So I didn't get to Houston until uh, like two, two 15 this morning because of all those issues. And, and so, so how, just sh- you
0: were supposed to get there at 1. A.M. No. Uh,
1: well, the original delay, I was supposed to get here at 11, but then the two hour delay pushed it to one. And then, that that crew delay pushed it to two. And by the time I got to the hotel, it was like 215, 220, something like was your, that. Was your flight full? No, it wasn't. No, because uh after the after the flight delayed, a lot of people jumped onto the nine o'clock departure. Mm-hmm. So the early departure at, or, or the later departure actually left earlier than this one. So it, it was it was relatively empty. Guess what I had for dinner?
0: Yeah, dinner on that flight? Yeah. <laughs> you had you had a corn and bean salad. Uh, you had Spanish rice with uh, chicken breast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how many more times before even you, even you who loves airline food is like, no, I'm good. I know. It's August. We're, we're recording on August 14th. <laughs> so I'm hoping that
1: the September menu changes. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a monthly menu. Do you know, both of the pilots was, decline? Yeah. <laughs> It was it was the same so meal as what I had on my so, other so what eat. you're saying
0: you're saying what you're saying is I'm, if I'm on our airline and I'm in first yeah and, and you, I'm still hungry and I want a second one there's probably going to be a second meal there's probably going to be a second <laughs> chicken orzo yeah <laughs> probably
1: or probably or two. or if you're flying this airline and you have a t- uh, connection you have mm-hmm. two flights and they're long enough for meals on both flights you may end up getting chicken orzo on on both flights
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but honestly is it good. <laughs> I know you don't, you don't want it every yeah, day. Yeah, No, it's,
1: it, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now we can right. start I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't which, want it every
0: day. Yeah. Now we can start comparing the chicken and orzo from Newark, the chicken and orzo from Denver. <laughs> yeah. And from <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Um, I know eventually we have to start doing that with some work, but I, while we're talking about our aerops, I have to mention some a funny thing. So I. I had uh, I took split days off, so I took Tuesday and Thursday off because I have a co- coworker that needed Wednesday off. Mm-hmm. So Wednesday I'm out and about, right? And Mike, my buddy from work, who listens, hey Mike, how you doing? He was texting me, hey, you working today? I'm like, no, and, and he's like, oh, you got some ver- diversions coming into Dulles. So I pull up flight radar, and there's some above me. So I live closer to D.C. in Maryland, mm-hmm. right? And they're circling above me, and I'm like, oh wow, looks like 708. Uh, may uh divert and then mike was joking he said so there's there's a guy in cleveland in cleveland there's someone has a house and on the on his ceiling on his roof he painted welcome to cleveland oh nice yeah so mike was saying on the top of my house (laughs) since the plane circled above here he said on the top of my house i should paint divert to bwi So subliminally, the pilots will see that it's like, I got to go to BWI instead of Dulles. Instead of Dulles. <laughs> That's funny. All right. All
1: right well, I, I'm in Houston and, and we're going to tease this right now mm-hmm. because we're, we're actually going to talk about Houston and our main topic later on with, with an airport list. One, one thing quickly before we get to the news that I want to mention, I'm staying at the Marriott right on the airport property. So between some of the terminals. Hmm. Drew, I, I did mobile check-in. And they gave me my room. So I didn't even have to go to the the front desk. So I already knew what my room number was. If you heard, okay, okay, so this hotel is like a small um, little circular part of the hotel. And then Mm -hmm. there's like a big tower, which goes down toward the south, which has really nice ramp and and runway views. Hmm. So if you saw room 2117, what what would you think? Like what floor might you think that's on? What room number? Like good views? Yeah, I'd be like,
0: Oh, cool. I'm on the 21st floor. 24th. That's
1: first—that's—that's what I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the second floor in room okay. 117. I can look at the air train going by and, <laughs> oh, know, no. and know that there are airplanes on the other side. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I stare right at the departure pickup, uh-huh. like the, the road, <laughs> the departure pickup queue.
0: Doug, for the listeners, Doug's favorite spotting airport hotel is the Atlanta Marriott. Yeah. So far, the Houston Marriott is not... <laughs> No, no, no uh, it might up.
1: be it might be, but just don't stay in room two seventeen.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before you leave, you should ask them, hey, what are the best rooms for views so that in the future you could request one of those?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. well, let's jump into this week's news. I'll take the first one since it's not a great story and Drew, you can have both of the the fluff pieces at, at the we're end beyond
0: that where we're comparing who has the positive. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump in. This is from The Wall Street Journal. Southwest Airlines says the Delta variant is hurting its business. The carrier says bookings have slowed and cancellations have risen this month as the latest COVID-19 wave continues. Demand is still strong through Labor Day holiday, which for our non-US listeners, that's early next month, but it shows weakness beyond that. The recent slowdown might make it difficult to turn a profit this quarter, Southwest executive said. Southwest revenue estimates for August place at 15 to 20 percent below the same period in 2019 compared to earlier estimates of 12 to 17% decline. September revenues could be down as much as 25% compared to 2019. The travel slowdown might not be all bad, however, as it'll give the airline a chance to catch up after a busy summer that included staffing shortages, limited spare aircraft parts and airplanes, and a training backlog. This is a positive here though, Drew. Southwest expects business travel to be down only 50% in September, Compared to being down 69% in June, That's good. a slightly positive sign. Frontier and Mesa have also stated that they're seeing softening of demand, but nothing like it was last year at the height of the
0: pandemic. So I'm going to speak from an operational perspective versus a, a finance mm-hmm. and yeah. accounting perspective. This is really good news for me and my department and my and, and all operations situations, because it is going to give us a breather, Doug. Mm -hmm. We are, we're running it hard and maybe too hard for some airlines and some hubs. Mm -hmm. This will give us a break. We are going to be hiring, not just we, a bunch of airlines are going to be hiring a lot of people. This will give us a little bit of a lull to get those people trained up and ready for when the loads start coming back up. But, you know, the loads are still going to be good. They're just not going to be 95%. Mm percent there's going to be a lull as this delta variant but i can we make this projection like we always do on the next trip podcast and we're usually right yeah i just put this out there yeah so i'm just looking at the history of the delta variant right we're struggling through it now right Mm -hmm. and we're at a peak in india you don't really hear about it it's starting to go down Mm -hmm. in the uk the uk they're doing great Mm -hmm. so that's a precursor to what we can expect here so i would tell you know everyone don't get disappointed just get vaccinated Mm -hmm. be safe we can get through this yeah we could be a couple weeks out from heading back down like like other countries and and the vaccinations are going up Mm -hmm. which is good yeah that's going to help us pass the speed
1: bump if you will yeah well and we we've been in the pandemic now for what 18 plus months and and as things as, as much as we have wanted things to be back to normal, even when they kind of were, they, they still aren't like the pandemic yeah. is, is still here. But because it's we're 18 months in, we've learned how to manage our risk. We've learned how to deal with it. And so these these waves that ebb and flow and, and we may not be out of the waves. There could be another one later this year, next spring. No one really knows at this point. And yeah. we've we've figured out how to go about life as safely and as normally as we can. Mm-hmm and so even though the, the delta variant is starting to pick up and maybe some demand is softening you, you know we're 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 learning how to deal with it and so we're not going to have this big crash in air travel like we saw last year when the pandemic first started at least that's that's how i look at it i think that's how a lot of executives look at it but you also have to look at the fact that September and October you talked about are generally a downtime. Anyways, kids are back in school, right. Families aren't traveling. It's mainly just business travel at that point. And Southwest yeah. is saying that even with the Delta variant business travel is up from what it was in June. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good sign as well. So I
0: think we're going to keep on this path, but you know, there's just going to be a dip in that, in that, uh, graph. If you mm-hmm. will. Yeah. All right, so next story. This is a good story. So Seattle Times, Boeing is poised to win a crucial 737 MAX deal with this new Indian airline. Have you even heard of this, Doug? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's called Akasa. A-K-A-S-A. It's in advanced discussions to acquire up to 70 737 MAX 8s. Now, they wanted a 320 (laughs) NEOs, but uh, the delivery timeline is about four years. So Boeing is going to benefit from that. Deliveries could begin within seven months, according to people with knowledge. India has yet to recertify the 737 MAX, but um, reading in a, a different newspaper, they said it should be a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it should be just around the corners, What I how to.
0: And then this article is saying more than 170 out of 195 global regulat- regulators have reopened their airspace for the MAX.
1: Mm-hmm. This is big for Boeing. It's a win for Boeing for sure. 70 is not an insignificant amount of airplanes. And yeah, yeah, we you laughed when you said that they wanted the 320 Neo, which uh, (laughs) I I mean, the, the 320 Neo is outselling the max two to one basically. Yeah. But what that means is any airlines who want to either start or grow their fleet, like United did, like Southwest announced a month or two ago. There is a lot of room to get a 737 max quickly because the backlog of orders isn't quite the same amount as what it is for the neo yeah so good for boeing but let's talk about a startup airline in india who was just hit really hard by the delta variant Mm -hmm. how good of a sign is this i know that someone's seeing the writing on the wall yeah that someone is saying now i get it jet airways collapsed right before the pandemic and if it wasn't for the pandemic, there would have been another airline to come in and pick up that void. Cause jet was huge in India. Yeah. I, I don't remember what their, what their, uh, capacity I, think they were number was. Two. I think so. Uh, actually for a while, I think they might've been number one Might before. Number one. Yeah. Before, uh, what spice jet and a couple others took over, but this is yeah. a really good sign that someone is saying, let's start another airline in India. Uh, yeah. as we look, beyond the pandemic and what's going to come in the next couple of years.
0: Well, before COVID-19, they were the fastest growing aviation market. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's obviously
0: going to come back. And, you know, you, do you remember uh, Kingfisher airlines? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They ordered a three eighties. Yeah. They went like, way too big way too fast and that was this eccentric billionaire who was probably not the best business person to be honest he's not i think he's might be in jail VJ yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. maya or he's um hasn't paid his debt in india i know that so this guy akasa airlines he's he is a billionaire mm-hmm. his name is junjun wala he's a stock trader so mm-hmm. what does that tell you he's people look he's at smart, futures right? right yeah he's smart they're looking at trends and this guy so on his staff for this airline he has a previous head of indigo which is mm-hmm. i believe the largest domestic airline now yeah. in india and the head of the previous head of jet airways which you just talked about and th- that previous head of jet airways was also
1: an executive delta
0: that's what i was going to say yeah. so he's got some good backing with people who really know smart the business. smart people around him i'm telling you if i could buy stock in this airline i, I would mm-hmm. because it seems like they have all the elements and just like you said You think it's a bad time, but no, it's actually an opportunity right now to get in if the if the product is good. If you Mm -hmm. have a good product,
1: yeah, I I I was trying to do some research. It doesn't really say what type of product it's going to be. I'm guessing probably an LCC, a a low cost carrier.
0: Yeah, I think so. Would be my guess. But this is, I mean, this is the challenge in India. So I was reading this. Doug, thirty percent taxes on fuel, which is already expensive in India. Mm-hmm. And the fares are so low. Airlines usually lose money. So who would want to jump into this? Yeah. But maybe he sees something that we don't.
1: Yeah. Well, I, we, we've used this show before. What's the quickest way to become a millionaire?
0: <laughs> <laughs> start as a billionaire and open and, an airline. And, and start, start an airline. An airline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else on that? No. So do you, do you want this next story? You can take the next one. It's another happy. <laughs> it's another happy All right. Good. Yeah. All right, so this next one is from Bloomberg News. JetBlue begins nonstop New York to London flights starting at $202. Our buddy Tompolini was on this flight. We should have him on later to, yeah, talk, to know, talk firsthand about it. how it was. Mm-hmm. So JetBlue began its JFK Heathrow service on Wednesday after years of stating a desire to offer transatlantic service. The new service is just nine days after the UK granted vaccinated Americans quarantine-free entry. This is the first of what JetBlue believes will be many European flights. Boston to London is next on tap for them. The flights are operated with the A321 sporting the Mint, their new Mint business class product. Round trip airfares are as low as $202, while business class is $1,600 on select days. This is expected to shake up the transatlantic market, uh, Doug, much like JetBlue did when it introduced Mint on its Transcon service early last decade
1: mm- mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, let, let's talk about that Transcon first, which I, I know we've talked about in the past that before JetBlue launched Mint, Delta American United, some of their Transcon flights had the, the premium service, like first cl- actual first class seats, business class, mm-hmm. and then economy, but it, it wasn't lie flat. It wasn't this quite the same product as what they were putting on their international flights. And then here comes this scrappy upstart JetBlue saying, mm-hmm. no, we're we're going to put live flats on an A321 and run it on all of our transcon routes. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the, the big three are like, okay, well, we have to do that too. So mm-hmm. that's where you get New Newark, JFK, mm-hmm. Boston, to San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles. So all these major financial and entertainment links, if you will, that every single airline, every single flight between those cities is this, this really good product. Yeah. yeah and, and the prices are, are held lower because of people like JetBlue operating mm-hmm. this. So you look at Transatlantic, Drew, a, a business class ticket in, in business on any one of the airlines would be easily five to maybe $10,000 from, say, New York to, mm-hmm. to Heathrow. Sixteen hundred bucks is what JetBlue is selling these right, for. That's a right now, that's
0: like an that's like a regular economy full I've, fare ticket. I right.
1: paid, a, yeah, I have paid a thousand bucks round trip in economy. Yeah, to go to Europe and back. So add another six hundred bucks, and you can be in business class. I don't think that that low of a price will stay, Probably but not. but hopefully, and th- this is me speaking as not an airline employee. Hopefully, the prices will drop so that it it can be something that more people can experience and and use that product now yeah. the the numbers guy the airline employee is like no nah, ten thousand dollar round trip airfares to to europe let's do it
0: mm-hmm. this is going to be much more challenging than the domestic trans cons though Doug, because the other airlines virgin british airways united at uh, newark delta at kennedy they already have very good products yeah so this and they're is they're established like is in the market blow them away i mean mm-hmm. and i I've looked at the cabin. I liked it. Uh, the one thing I just cannot get beyond is that these seats, they look very comfortable and I'm sure the service is excellent, but you know what I'm going to say, right? They face, As, away from from, they face
1: away from the window.
0: Who faces seats away from the window. I yeah. want to look out the window. I don't want to look, you know, at the, the, um, the, the drink wall. Cart. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's a problem I see with it. Now, a few things. This is, um, this is their first airspace cabin. Have you heard of this? So this is like the Airbus version of the Sky. This, uh, the it, Boeing the Boeing Sky Interior. Sky Interior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the word flying around in the blogs is snazzy. So we'll just use that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're coming out with a snazzy new <laughs> cabin. So not, not huge changes. It has some, you know, snazzy looking overhead lights. The overhead bins, they're saying that it can um, take 60% more carry-ons, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they keep making the sidewalls thinner to give a, an inch or two more on the sides. I don't know how, you know, how much thinner they can make it, but apparently that's going to make the cabin seem a little bit wider.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks, aside from facing away from the window, it looks like a really nice product. It, yeah. Like the the old mint product was good. It, it was a 2-2-1-1-2-2 two, two, one, one, two, two setup, if that makes sense. So it's like two seats. The seat behind is one. And then the seat behind that is two. This has all direct aisle access. It looks like it's a little bit more private than what JetBlue's old product was. But yeah, I, all all power to them. I mean, I hopefully they can expand to other European destinations as
0: well. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the weeds just a little bit. Less than five minutes, I promise. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> we got to absplain a little bit. Now, this is a narrow body flying Transcon, which is still kind of a new thing, right? Or um, the it's, transatlantic. It's- yeah. Transatlantic. Mm-hmm. So, this is an A321LR. Mm-hmm. So, this is a version of the A321NEO, which is a uh, new engine option, is what that stands for. Mm-hmm. So, TAP Air Portugal is already flying the NEO, not even the LR, mm-hmm. from just the Lisbon, regular NEO, just the regular NEO from Lisbon to Washington Dulles. That has a range of 3500. Mm-hmm. This is an LR, which raises the range from 3500 to 4000. Mm-hmm. The XLR, which isn't out yet, will increase that from 4000 4, to 4700. Mm-hmm. So it's getting longer and longer. So it says in every time it increased the range by 15%. So listen to this, I just did a calculation. So on the XLR with uh, 4,700 nautical mile range. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fly from Western Europe to the US. You could fly from Frankfurt to Denver in the XLR. Yeah. 9.5 hours. Yeah. Would you want to be in a narrow body, 9.5 hours in economy? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so when we got it to ask Tom Polini, hey, how, he, I think he was sitting in economy, mm-hmm. how that was. Yeah. You know, that's an overnight flight.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> No, no, it's not, it's not a safety thing. And we've talked about this. It's just, it's nice having the two aisles because it's roomier. You can get up, you can walk around. If there's a drink cart in one aisle, you can get to your seat going down the other aisle. We've all, we've all been there in the back on a narrow body, on a domestic flight. And you're trying to get to the the lab in the back. And there's a bunch of people standing in the aisle or the flight attendants are coming down. There's, there's no Mm -hmm. room to go anywhere (laughs) and it's manageable on short haul on a two or three hour flight right but think about that on like you said a eight nine possibly 10 hour flight
0: well yeah because when you walk to the galley on a narrow body you're an annoyance yeah right? because it's so it's so little it's so space small. Mm-hmm. and if the listeners if you listen to um my trip that i took with andy who was on the show from uh, london to san francisco in a 747 400 we talked about this on the show that we were literally in the galley in our socks. Yeah, was, yeah we were in our socks. You're just hang, hanging out talking hanging with flight attendants. Out for yeah. like an hour just yeah. like shooting the breeze. You can't do that in a narrow body, Mm-mm. you know? So, um, it's a different experience, but, um, you know, more power to JetBlue for trying something new and, you know, their economy product and this mint product is good. And just looking at the meals, they look very nice. So they'll raise the bar in certain areas, Mm -hmm. but wide body to narrow body, they're going to have to do more than a better salad. You know, it's going to have to really be a draw.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think price is probably where where they'll get that because a, a lot of people probably don't care whether it's a wide body or a narrow body. And if the if the cost is good enough, then hey, that's that's what matters.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Well, before we move on to the main topic, I do have a correction from last week. We we mm-hmm. you and I talk about if if we say something wrong and we hear it from the listeners, then we'll we'll bring it, <laughs> bring it up. <laughs> um, okay. I mentioned that the DC or you asked me if the DC ten has the CF CF yep. six and I I said yes, That I was very quickly corrected by my buddy Joe. Uh, Mm -hmm. So shout out to Joe. We've talked about him quite a bit. He's also a KC 10 pilot. It's the CF six 50 engine.
0: So who Greg mentioned? And I
1: think Greg, I think Greg mentioned it too. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, so for all the Gregs, there's also, (laughs) there's also the non Gregs, right? (laughs) So uh, Steve Tao, mileage runner, who's a listener. Hey, Steve, he says, this is his comment on the last episode. He says, I think I reached my Avgeek limit with this episode. <laughs> I didn't follow the jet engine, the jet engine plane—a first for me. So, the fact that it was a CF six or dash fifty, yeah, yeah that was yeah, or, way above, yeah, way above his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I, I just wanted to issue that correction. So, thanks to our listeners for pointing that out about the airplane that I fly.
0: No, thank you, Greg.
1: All right. Well, we teased our main topic earlier when we mentioned that I'm currently sitting in Houston. Skytrax this week released its annual rating of the world's top 100 airports for 2021. And I know we've talked about Skytrax, Drew, about how it's a pay for pay for play. But this, I feel like, is maybe not so much because this list was voted on by air travelers around the world okay. in 2020 and
0: 2021. So it wasn't and, their writers. It was just uh, people-
1: their writers or the airports saying, hey, you know, here's five hundred thousand dollars how about you move us <laughs> yeah. up a rank or two yeah apparently there was a world airport survey done okay. by travelers so drew let's announce the results and then we'll do a deep dive with
0: things that stand out to us okay so um as i announce r- the results we're each going to say if we've been there and at the end we'll see who wins this avgeek it's good,
1: uh, it's, it's gonna be you but you think i, th- I for the international
0: i think oh yeah yeah, that's right all right so let's start from um number 10 and i'm I'm tallying this okay as as we go (laughs) all right good you tally i'll read them off all right so we'll start this top 10 in the world for Skytrax best world airport all right starting at number 10 hong kong yes i've been uh osaka i have not
1: I have, but not as a passenger. So does that count? That count? Yeah, it counts. Okay, my yeah, we were we were in Osaka and my dad and I took the train to just go walk around the
0: airport. There you go. Okay. Yeah, you've been. Uh London Heathrow. Yes. Yes. Zurich? Yes. No. Really? Yep. Munich? Uh, yeah. Dominic, yes. No. No. Uh Tokyo, Narita, yes. Yes. Seoul and no. No. Singapore, Changi. yes. No. Tokyo Haneda, no. No. Doha Hamad is number one, and yes. No. You won, seven to four. You know which airport was not in this top ten that I'm shocked by? And I've been to most of these, right? Mm-hmm. is Istanbul. I thought Istanbul was one of the best airports I had been at. Yeah. Lots of space, clean, great facilities. I, I wonder
1: if it's just because it's still so new that maybe mm. maybe there are some growing pains that, that they're still trying to get through, possibly. I'm, I'm not sure.
0: You know, and this London Heathrow, it all depends which terminal you're in. So the airline that I fly for is in a very, it's in the Queens terminal. I believe that's terminal two. mm -hmm. It's hit or miss with London Heathrow, but most of the terminals are very modern now.
1: Yeah. I I was going to bring that point up when we talk about the U.S. airports as well, that it really does depend on the terminal, like T5, which is what um, British Airways uses at Heathrow. Yeah. People either love it or they hate it. I loved from, it. I've been through. From, I, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that bad. T three I flew out of on Virgin was man nah, so so. It was a little bit darker, more crowded and, and cramped, older. Right. So that that's where I I almost wonder <laughs> in these like I, I bet the vast majority of because T five is so much bigger, the vast yeah. majority of people probably transit through T five as opposed to T three or T two. So if they don't see some of these other terminals, then maybe the the airport ends up being a little bit higher than what it possibly should be, I would right, say.
0: Perhaps. So uh, Singapore Changi is uh, number three. So uh, for around the last 10 years, they've been number one consistently. Yeah. And what they say, so one of their best qualities is they have the best staff. I 100% agree with that. So, you know, when you're at customs, they're mostly gruff right they're just you know all business mm-hmm. in most airports in singapore when, when you're in customs there's a bowl of candy there <laughs> for you yeah. to enjoy as the person reviews your documents yeah and they have asked me oh so what are you doing it's they were almost like a, a tour guide for singapore or like an ambassador for singapore mm-hmm. which is so awesome so yeah, they, they take
1: they take pride in the, in their country yeah
0: yeah they really do all right I, i've um, got a
1: be- before, before we move on to the U.S. portion, I've got a question about Narita. I haven't been yes. there in over 20 years. I remember it being so-so. It was, it was dark and kind of outdated. Have they, have they done work on it recently? Like, is, is Narita of now different than the Narita that I may have been to?
0: I don't know which area you were in, but even... I haven't been there for at least, wow, maybe 10, 15 years. But when I was there, it was bright and airy. Oh, was it? What I okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't been there. I, we got to go to Haneda. I've never been there.
1: I, yeah, I haven't either. And I, I've seen pictures. It looks awesome.
0: Yeah, and we have a flight from here. Not for sure when we'll restart it, but it will probably be to Haneda and not Narita mm-hmm. when it restarts in a triple yeah. seven. Yep. So hopefully yeah. that's soon.
1: All right. Let's move All on right. to, the, to the U.S. or the, well, I guess, North America, but mainly the U.S. cities. Vancouver was the highest North American airport at number 24. There were 14 U.S. cities that made the list. Let's let's do the same thing. We'll mm-hmm. we'll tally this as, okay. as we go. Oh, actually, why don't you read it and I'll tally. Okay, all right. Number ninety nine was Boston. I have not. Hmm. You, I have. Okay, ninety eight Detroit. I have. I have not. All right, ninety five Phoenix. I have. Okay, I I have. Ninety four Minneapolis Saint Paul. I have. I have. Number eighty six JFK. I have. Yep. So have I. 75, LAX, I have. Yep. 70, Dallas-Fort Worth, I have. Yep. 61, San Francisco, yes. Okay. 53, Seattle, yes. Yep. 49, Houston Hobby, I have.
0: You have. I I have have.
1: too. All right. All right. Uh, 46, Atlanta, I have. Okay. 44, Denver, I have. Yep. 42, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, I have. Huh, I have not. 25 Houston Bush I'm sitting here right now so I guess (laughs) guess that's a yes
0: (laughs) yeah all right so you win okay (laughs) because you had Detroit and uh, Cincinnati but other Mm -hmm. than that we've been we've all we've been both. yeah anything Um, stick out on this list to you I've got my thoughts
1: I want to see you go first
0: I'm well congratulations to Houston for being number one I've gone through there a lot you're there right now you know what one of the areas where they stood out was that they were the number one cleanest COVID-19 airport in the U S and what I thought was cool is, you know, all the airlines have their COVID procedures and some of the airports do, but this one has a very well-defined COVID-19 processes Mm -hmm. and they work with the airlines. So if you're a a small airline, you could literally just use what Houston is using. So I think that's great. I think that's good, good leadership. So they have, um, they call it fly safe, Houston. Mm -hmm. And they have masks and sanitizers. Yep, you know, the normal things, but they also have crowd control sensors and monitors. Hmm. So if there's a crowd in one area, they'll address, try and address that.
1: Yeah. Or social distancing.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And they have little things like increased air filter replacement. So very detailed COVID-19 plan. And I think that's probably what put them in the top.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to say two airports looking at this list that I don't think should be on the list. And and then I'll talk about uh, a couple of good ones. Okay. LAX, I don't think LAX should be on the list.
0: Okay.
1: And, 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 I mean, you
0: have LAX has advantages. You can get basically anywhere from LAX. You, you
1: can, but some of the terminals are old and crowded. And even some of the newer ones are very crowded and mm-hmm. you, you might be in one terminal that was just rebuilt. That's mm-hmm. very nice like the tom bradley international terminal and then you might be in like t5 which is where alaska and a couple of their airlines operate out of that's just not that great i mean it's not terrible but it's also
0: not not great well what's happening is the av geeks and semi-av geeks are stuffing the ballot for kennedy in los angeles (laughs) (laughs) because they're not very user-friendly airports at all yeah and same with dallas (laughs) to me dallas is just a
1: boring airport and it's, it's not
0: architecturally pleasing it, no, in any it's way. Not. It's so sixties. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I
1: guess, I guess there are good concessions there and and that okay. might be one, one of the things that travelers really care about in a, a survey like this. You know, if, mm-hmm. if there's a restaurant almost at every gate and you don't have to walk very far to get there.
0: Yeah. All right. So Houston, Cincinnati, Denver, what are your thoughts on Denver? Do you think that's a good airport? I do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I,
1: lived in colorado for almost five years so i have fled to denver a lot and yeah I've, I've always enjoyed denver and they're doing a lot of construction right now trying to modernize it a little bit but yeah I've, I've always liked denver
0: denver versus atlanta oh
1: boy um i would say and I've, you can't use no, the club so as- no no i i would i would say i probably prefer denver over atlanta it's, it's a little bit bigger like the the terminals themselves, I, from the terminal standpoint. Oh,
0: yeah. The, the, the terminals, terminals are more spacious, they're
1: more spacious yeah. higher ceilings, area. Yeah, I, I would say probably Denver over Atlanta. But I, I'm going to go to the top two on this list <laughs> no number around. 42, Cincinnati that is an underappreciated airport I've never been is Delta, it Delta when they had a big hub there back uh-huh. in the mid-2000s put a lot of money into building a brand new or updating this terminal and it is a gorgeous terminal and now that there's no longer a Delta hub there it's yeah. very wide open very spacious really nice terminal so I I was very surprised to see Cincinnati was the number two U.S. Airport on there when, when I saw the list Because I think people don't even think about Cincinnati. No, I
0: don't even, I can't even visualize it. Now, you know, Cincinnati and Cleveland are interesting because when air traffic was growing, um, and it will be again, my understanding is that these major carriers were seeing these secondary cities as overflow hubs Mm -hmm. for their main hubs in Chicago and Atlanta. So my question to you is, can we see Cincinnati and Cleveland rising again as overflow hubs for these major airlines? Maybe not in the next 10 years,
1: but as air travel continues to grow, the projections that Boeing and Airbus are saying, and you have places like Newark that are slot controlled and, and you need that overflow, then yes, yep. I, I, I possibly could. Maybe not Cincinnati, even though they have the in- infrastructure, maybe not Pittsburgh, which once used to be a big hub, maybe not Cleveland, but look more at the growing cities like Nashville, like Austin, oh, yeah, Austin. places yep. that places that that are entertainment and tech and leisure destinations, but also Las Vegas, Las Vegas, but also have a booming local economy, so it can mm-hmm. support the the O and D
0: traffic. Right. So you have a balance of connections and O and D. That's a yeah. good point because uh, for our listeners in Cincinnati and Cleveland, I'm sure your beautiful cities, Doug and I, we we looked at those cities right <laughs> to go yeah. there when we were trying to figure out. But I don't see those as big destinations. Mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati and Cleveland, but the cities you talked about, Austin, yeah. Nashville, Las Vegas, Orlando, mm-hmm. those yeah. could be, you know, overflow hubs yeah. for uh, the Miami's and the um, Nashville, maybe for Charlotte. Might be mm-hmm. too
1: close though. Yeah, it might be too close. American used to have a hub, at, uh, a small hub at Nashville. But yeah. yeah, I could see it being overflow for some airline probably.
0: Yeah. So before we move to the next story, um, listeners, if you're in one of these cities, write to us. Tell us why Cincinnati should be a hub. Tell us why Cleveland should be further up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely want to know because we haven't been to those a lot. Last thing I want to mention, because I'm at Houston right now. I've always
1: really liked Houston. I, I would I would always put that in probably my top five favorite U.S. airports. Yeah, there's hey. great there's great spotting. Locations. Great, great spotting. But the the terminals, Continental, put a lot of money into it back in the mid 2000s and and expanded. And, and they're still doing construction, making it better. Taking some of those old satellite terminals, if if you can picture that, like yeah. picture Newark, you've got the round satellite terminals which are dark and, and crowded. They're yeah. starting to replace those. I know a big complaint at Houston is the walk time, possibly from mm-hmm. certain gates to other gates. But at the same time, I enjoy just walking around the airport. Yeah, me too. Love my it. my my flight home isn't until four thirty this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So it's in six hours. Mm-hmm. As soon as we finish recording, I'm gonna shower and then just go over and, and start walking before I can get into one of the lounges. Before well, and
0: if you don't want to walk, they have that, they have a little tram. I've been around. watching it for the last hour <laughs> as we've been sitting
1: here recording. Go by the outside my window. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, I, I I like Houston. I like the big windows and those new concourses are really beautiful. They're mm-hmm. like I would put them up against any anything in the country, you know, high ceilings, lots of glass.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of sitting in Houston, flight leaving in six hours, what do you say we wrap up the episode so that I can get ready? So (laughs) so I can go walk and experience the number one U.S. airport according to Skytrax.
0: Yeah, no, we we can wrap up now because... your walk will give us material for our next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are you going to do? So you're going to get there. You're going to walk. You're going to use the airline club. You're going to check out the airline clubs and the Amex club. Am I right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sitting back. I'm, I'm actually on a, a revenue
1: ticket back, which we can talk about next week. Cause it's, well, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in business on a triple seven.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. A domestic. <laughs> Talk about yeah. transcon. No, no um, domestic wide body. And that's what? A two hour flight?
1: It's less than 900 miles. Yeah. It's it's about a two hour flight.
0: So you're in a triple seven mm-hmm. in a lie flat seat. So that is the definition of overkill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a two hour <laughs> flight. Yeah. You'll be happy though. Cause I'm in the last row of business. So okay. I'll get, I'll get the full cabin drama from my, from my seat.
0: So, the choices are going to be orzo chicken. I'm guessing and...
1: I'm, I'm guessing. I'm probably going to have chicken orzo for lunch. <laughs>
0: no, but there's usually two choices.
1: Yeah. Last, last night, it was a vegetarian thing. I, I don't remember what it was. I heard the chicken orzo, and I was like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> can you get
0: something else so I can have a picture of some other <laughs> Yeah. Meal?
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll try. But, no, and I'm, you, I'm, don't I'm worry, because
0: get... you can have both. Yeah, You can have both, because the pilots can... aren't
1: going to eat it. That Yeah, <laughs> I can't get into the Centurion until three hours prior to my flight. I can get into um, the airline lounge probably here in a little bit. I need to look. I, I'm i not sure if the KLM lounge or the Air France lounge is open yet, but I might mm. be able to get in there with priority pass. So we'll we'll see what I do.
0: Wow, 777. Yeah, and that's exciting. To our Another listeners,
1: point. this podcast is your show. So go on our website, nexttripnetwork.com, and let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it. Or give us your feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Next Trip Podcast. Please tell your friends about us so we can reach more people who love aviation and travel.
0: All right, thanks, Doug. And then, yeah, don't uh, don't forget our website, NextTripNetwork.com. I I upload uh, all of well. The- all of the good pictures, the from, good our trip pictures to, uh,
1: from Myrtle Beach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So go on there. We have all our pictures. And then Doug, hopefully you'll get some uh, good eye candy uh, pictures at Houston that we can upload for this episode. Yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners for your support and for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes, trip reviews, aviation photos, and other aviation-related content. This is your show, so search for The Next Trip on Twitter and let Doug and Drew know what you want to talk about. Not on Twitter? You can also email them at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show.